This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. This day, I'm sorry, Carlo, now don't listen because you're not going to like this next part. Happy anniversary on this day back in 1991. The New York Giants beat the Buffalo Bills 20 to 19. Otis Anderson, the elderly running back in his early 30s, wins the MVP. Wide right, Giants with a backup quarterback, Jeff Hollister, beats the Bills. That was the closest Buffalo would get to winning a Super Bowl, and it was that game there that turned me on to a football fan. And you could say, cause you were a bandwagon uh, jumper, fair. But then it was uh, many, it was, what, it was like 17 years before they won another Super Bowl. So I don't think I need to defend myself. The, the big story is not every team is now interested in Fred Van Vliet, and, and now apparently the Lakers are. And, you know, you've got the Raptors taking on Golden State tonight. I think we're all curious to see how the Raptors, if they can continue the momentum from what we saw against the Sacramento Kings. And, of course, the Maple Leafs are taking on Ottawa. And that um, we saw the money line was at minus 235. That's now down to, like, minus 205 because of... The biggest news, Austin Matthews is out for three weeks. And there's a lot of different tentacles in this conversation. I mean, first you ask yourself, how much of a big deal is it? We know Toronto's taking on Tampa. We just don't know, is Game 7 going to be in Toronto or in Tampa? By the way, Lightning, a hell of a game last night against the Bruins. I don't often watch a lot of NHL games in non-Maple Leaf games especially when there's no other Canadian teams involved. But Bruins and Lightning, that was a great game, and Tampa won. But you look at it, and you wonder how much of this is a serious injury, and I have no idea, and how much of it is, okay, you need maintenance, you are legitimately banged up, but if this was the playoffs, would he be playing? And it couldn't have come at a better time. And this is not being skeptical about the knee sprain. But you look at the schedule, you've got the All-Star game coming up, you've got the week off, and you look at the opponents. A lot of them, I mean, home against Boston, which is three games from now, yikes. But you got Ottawa, under 500, Washington, just over 500. you got two games against Columbus, worst team in the league. You've got two games against Chicago, near the worst team in the league. Montreal, near the worst team in the league. And then if you go a month from now, at Buffalo, tough game, at home against Minnesota. So it's not the biggest gauntlet of a schedule in terms of just high-end team, night in and night out. Like there's, If there was ever going to be a time, now would be it. And I'm sure by now you've all seen the points percentage that the Leafs, much smaller sample size, but the Leafs have a points percentage that's actually higher without Matthews than with. It's not a condemnation of Austin Matthews. He's one of the greatest players in the game. But the Leafs have found a way to be able to win without him. So it stinks. You'd rather him there. He's not going to be there. It's a great sign for Pontus Holberg. He gets an opportunity. The rookie gets an opportunity on the second line with Nylander. So a lot of storylines there. I'll bring on uh, my producer, Chris Horvat. Chris, um, should I feel dirty that I did Google 
Austin Matthews plus LTIR plus Nikita Kucherov right before the show started. No, not at all. I think that that's where a lot of people's mind went or went. So I, I, I totally see why you did it. You shouldn't feel dirty at all, at least for that reason. Okay. Maybe there's some other reasons yeah. you might. Yeah, there, there's always there's always things. You know, I look at the mirror and I'm like, why'd you do that? <laughs> why did you do that? By the way, city of Toronto, at some point, I was walking on King Street from the distillery to Spadina. It's a long walk, but... I yeah, it's it was a nice walk, but there is so much ice all over all the um, the sidewalks, and I know that's not the number one issue. Safety for the TTC, safety on streetcars, safety on the subway stations, absolutely. But I got I got to tell you, Chris, I saw so many people slipping um, doing that like five k walk uh, west to Spadina. It's treacherous out there, especially when you get. Uh... The snow, it starts to melt a bit, and it gets cold again. It all freezes, right? So you're, it's like you're scared yeah. to work. So definitely watch out. Um, don't want no lawsuits. Now, well, good luck with that. Also, before we get to the opening thought, a, a, uh, a shout-out needs to be given to one of the legends of the industry. Billy Packer passed away at the age of 82, an Emmy Award-winning college basketball broadcaster. Now, probably a little bit before your time, Chris, but for me, this was the voice of college basketball. And the time where I paid attention to college basketball the most, final year of high school, university, you know, especially then, now we're getting more games on TV, and also the time when you were like 19, 20, 21 you don't have a mortgage, you don't have a wife, you don't have a long-term girlfriend, so you have a lot more time where you just watch sports. I used to watch a lot more college basketball, and this guy worked every Final Four from 1975 to 2008. He was the voice of college basketball for me, the voice of Kentucky and Kansas and Duke and Michigan State and all these teams. And uh, I, I imagine, Chris, when he retired, it was probably when you may be listening to more college or watching more college basketball, uh, but he passed away yesterday at the age of 82. Yeah, actually, you are right. He was a bit before my time. But yeah. your, your point's not lost on me. I, I think when you become one of those voices that are synonymous sort of with your respective sport, I don't know that you can really give a broadcaster any better kudos than that. It's the same way we associate Bob Cole with hockey, uh, yeah. Joe Buck with football, Vin Scully with baseball. I mean, it, it, it's really the highest honor that you can give to a broadcaster when they are synonymous with their sport. Yeah, and it's it's only the legends. I don't know if we're going to continue to have that just because of the fractured nature of sports and how we watch it, how we consume it. If you're young, uh, maybe you're watching most of your sports on yeah, YouTube or TikTok or just other ways to consume it. But back then... Y'all watch CBS, y'all watch NBC, uh, especially CBS with the college basketball. When Madden and Summerall were to the NFC East, uh, Billy Packer was to college basketball. But let's get to it. It, uh, it is an incredible weekend of, of sports coming up, and that is the subject of today's opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! My lord, are we spoiled on Sunday. 
We have the four best teams left in the NFL. Apologies to you, Buffalo. You could have been in this conversation. You should have been in this conversation, but you got whooped by the Bengals last Sunday, so you're not allowed into this conversation. On FanDuel, KC is again a home favorite. That line has been jumping all around. But now they're a home favorite by a whopping 1.5, a point and a half. While the earlier game is the Eagles is only a two and a half point favorite, despite having home field advantage, Jalen Hurts looked healthy, and they embarrassed the Giants. So the books are telling us we are in for a treat. And let, by the way, let's say things get ugly late in the NFC Championship game. Well, you got the Leafs at home against Washington at 5 o'clock, that very rare Sunday game. So if, if, if Brock Purdy has turned into a pumpkin and has been eaten by Hassan Reddick, well, no matter. You got arguably the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. It was supposed to be Ovechkin versus Matthews, but it'll still be Ovechkin versus Tavares, Nylander, a damn talented team. Now that is a good flip option. That's about as good as a flip option as you will find. By the way, just how jarring is it going to be again on, on Saturday night? You know those Saturday nights in the winter when the, when the Leafs aren't on? It's just weird. I'll save that rant for another day. So we've done all the analysis. I've got the Eagles and Bengals on a parlay at plus 254 on FanDuel. So we'll get off straight X's and O's for a minute because I have a question that I'm not 100% sure about the answer. Of the four quarterbacks remaining, who has the most to gain with a win on Sunday? I'm going to rank mine, but let me say this ahead of time. They all could be number one. You could make an argument for any of them, and the gap between one and to three is razor thin. I do think there's a clear number one, and it's not who you think. I put it out on Twitter, and everyone went a different direction. And I understood the direction, but I'm going to zag if everyone else zigs. Here is how monumental this weekend is. I have Brock Purdy at number four. And with a win, we hit the highest level of Cinderella story. We get two weeks of him being compared to one Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner, and also to the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Imagine Brock doing against that defensive line. Eagles led the league with 70 sacks. No team, uh, since they started measuring quarterback dropback percentage, no team since 2000 has done a better job taking down the quarterback than the Eagles. They're just a smidge behind San Fran and yards allowed on D. A win would go a long way to show that the 49ers' success on offense is not just about Kyle Shanahan or a deep arsenal of weapons at the, at, at the disposable, at the disposal, excuse me, for the last player drafted to use. A Purdy win means we get two weeks of Trey Lance is going to get traded speculation. My Lord, the storylines are all over the place, but I got it at fourth. And the reason is, well, Nick Foles went down the same path not that long ago with the Eagles. When they beat Brady in the Super Bowl. Last time we saw Foles, he was slumming it with the Colts getting beat up by the Giants. Brock is a great story, but we all saw him miss a ton of throws against the Cowboys. I don't think the ceiling is that high, but damn, he should still be absolutely celebrated. Good for him. Next is Jalen Hurts. In some ways, this is all found money for him. Remember a year ago at this time, we were wondering about his ability to lead a team deep in the playoffs. He was awful in that 31-15 playoff loss to the Bucs. Now he's an MVP finalist. He's 24 years old. Most of the team is signed for at least the end of next year. He's got a great management team that has shown they can rebuild on the fly. Also, barring any massive injury, he's going to get paid. He's a UFA in 2024. He's making $5 million this year. 14 players on the Eagles make more than him. Now, why I have him over Purdy is his ceiling is much higher. It's much higher for Jalen. 
A win here against the NFL's best defense. Woo! And he hits another level. And yes, you can make the argument he is in a Purdy-like situation. Incredible team around him. Best lines in football. But we've seen Hurts carry a team far more than we've seen from Purdy. Hurts may be the most dynamic runner in the league, and his passing has improved. A win here is more meaningful for a second-round pick than the last player taken. Next is Joe Burrow. A win on Sunday would mean he has beaten the soon-to-be league MVP four times, including twice in Mahomes' home in the AFC Championship game. A Bengals win would mean Joe Burrow would hit a level of cool not seen since Joe Montana hosted Saturday Night Live during his run of winning four Super Bowl titles. This would be Burrow's third title game in his last four seasons. Remember, he won the college football playoffs in his last year at LSU. Only year he didn't have any success or didn't make a postseason was his rookie season. Why? Torres ACL and PCL. Now, admittedly, the Bengals are not having a great year anyway. Burrow would be viewed as the ultimate road warrior, now 4-0 in the playoffs in 13 months, hitting historical marks for postseason success for a quarterback so young. A win in Arrowhead, and he gets to claim the status as best quarterback in the game and best player in the game. He's young, good-looking, cool. He becomes the face of the league. Unlike with Brock Purdy, the Tom Brady comparisons don't seem as crazy when you apply them to Burrow. And don't worry, we're not doing it, but Burrow is now doing all the winning. So why isn't he number one on the list? Ah, because there is one thing that only Patrick Mahomes can achieve this weekend. Mahomes has a chance for maybe the highest level of sports legend. The overcoming of big slash noticeable slash public injury he gets to be one of those games think of it as the opposite of lamar jackson now he's already won a super bowl he's already helped thousands of people win their fantasy leagues he does things we've never seen before he's done plenty of winning but now he gets something that oddly can often have an even higher honor than winning the title winning while injured while noticeably hobbled i know you're saying matt you're crazy okay Let me give you an example. Of Michael Jordan's six NBA titles, which one do you remember most? You know the answer. It's the flu game against Utah. Beating the Jazz was not his biggest accomplishment. He beat Magic Johnson and the Lakers. He beat the best version of Charles Barkley when Barkley won an MVP with the Suns. But the 1997 title sticks out. Why? Because he did it, allegedly, with the flu. He hit this higher level of heroism in that moment, and that moment is now. It is now right there for Patrick Mahomes. Imagine him getting it done on that ankle. No Tyreek Hill. Beyond Travis Kelsey, it's a bunch of middling-level talent around him. Also, a loss here, and now we're talking about Mahomes being 2-3 and three at home in the AFC title game. Now the words like choke, underachieving, only one title, all those narratives will spring to life. But a win on Sunday, you wipe it out. You hold back Burrow from taking your title, and suddenly you hit a new level of hero status. Make no mistake about it. The quarterback with the most to gain on Sunday is not the Cinderella's, is not the hot young thing. It is the thing. Patrick Mahomes has the most to gain, and that is my opening thought. I'm finished. So, Chris Horvat. Did I convince you? Because I imagine most people are going Brock Purdy. Have I convinced you that the guy with the most to play for is, in fact, Patrick Mahomes? 
you do, in fact, make a very compelling argument. I don't know if it's enough to convince me to put Mahomes ahead of Burrow, though. I kind of feel like, don't get me wrong, Mahomes would probably be my number two on the list for all the reasons and more that you mentioned. But, man, if Burrow takes down Mahomes for a fourth consecutive game, reaches the Super Bowl for the second consecutive year, and even wins one, I mean, I think you're totally right. He's going to assume the mantle of the face of the league. When I think about the matchups that I want to see, I think that there's two pretty compelling storylines. If the Eagles and the Chiefs face off against each other, I think it's going to be the first time in a while that you can make the argument the two best teams in the NFL faced off at the end of the season. The other really compelling matchup that I would love to see is Joe Cool Burrow versus Brock Mr. Irrelevant Purdy. These guys couldn't have come from more different background, backgrounds, and you're a movie guy yourself. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think you could set up a more Hollywood-esque matchup than the guy who was drafted last and the guy who was drafted first. So in, in, in my mind, I, I really kind of do want to see a Bengals 49ers final, but there's four really good teams left, and I think that no matter who it is, the matchup is going to be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We're absolutely spoiled. We're absolutely spoiled. But I will tell you this right now. If the Chiefs win on Sunday with Mahomes battered, and then they go on to win the Super Bowl, five years down the road, you will not remember Patrick Mahomes beating San Fran in his first Super Bowl win. You'll remember him getting past Burrow and the Bengals with a high ankle sprain. You'll remember that more like the flu game. It will stand out. Trust me on this. I mean, well, the flu game, all kinds of other injuries and big games, that's kind of the lore of sports, right? Yes. When when a guy is not supposed to do what he does and he cements and he solidifies his greatness. So so I do see where you're coming from from that perspective. Yeah. I think it's 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 definitely another notch in the belt for Mahomes if he can somehow pull this off. But your your other point, the bigger point is is there is no bad uh scenario. Oh no. There is no bad scenario. I can't wait for Sunday. I do worry a little bit. We'll talk about it later. Uh, there I, I could see I could see the Eagles blowing out the 49ers. But we'll get into that. Bit of a hot take there. It, I, I could see it happening. I, you know, we'll talk about it next. We're going to do good dog, bad dog, where you, you throw out uh, different underdogs. You see if I like it or I don't. And we'll do that next. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause, the host of Leafs Morning Take. Works for the Nation Network, writer for all things Maple Leafs. Nick Alberga will join the show in just a couple of minutes, and we'll look at the impact of Austin Matthews missing the next three weeks with a knee sprain. But let us do this, which we do now every Friday. It's time now for Good Dog, Bad Dog. Oh, who's the good dog? What's the goody doggy? Oh, bad dog, bad dog. One billion dollars. The question is, who? All right, let's get to this. We, uh, I guess we have to go a little bit of rapid fire. Uh, Producer Chris Horvat, you're up first. What do you got? All righty, let me just pull this up here. All right, Bengals and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus 124 favorites. The Bengals are at plus 106. 
An injured Patrick Mahomes is not enough to make the Bengals' favorite in this matchup. Mahomes is 0-2 versus Burrow, losing last year's AFC Championship game. And once again, this season, what do you think, Matt? Are the Bengals a good dog or a bad dog this weekend? Oh, they are a good dog. They are on their back. Their paws are up in the air, and they're screaming at you. Time for you to rub my belly and rub our belly, rub its belly. We will. I am taking the Bengals in this game. The Bengals are on fire. The Bengals go in this game with so much swagger. Casey easily could have lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Patrick Mahomes, he says he's ready to go. I got to see it to believe it. I don't trust anyone beyond Travis Kelsey. Bengals do a better job shutting down that tight end the Jags did. Give me the Bengals. That's a good dog. Mr. Not-So-Irrelevant-Anymore will play his first road playoff game in one of the loudest and most intimidating stadiums in the NFL, taking on the best defense he's ever faced, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles' defense led the league with with 70 sacks this year. And to put that into context, the second best was the Chiefs with 55. So are the 49ers with Brock Purdy a good dog or bad dog? Oh, they are a bad dog. You know what they did? You know, like when a dog throws up or has diarrhea and you've got two things on the floor. You got some hardwood floor or you got like a, like a shag carpet. You know that dog is going to go to the shag carpet because it's much harder to clean. Same thing here. Uh, Purdy has never faced a defense this good in his life. The Eagles have a better offensive and defensive line than the 49ers. You can throw deep on the 49er cornerbacks. What does Philly have? Dynamic receivers. Also, San Fran, not good at defending against rushing quarterbacks. Hurts is healthy. I love San Fran, or I love Philly to win and to cover. Sorry, 49ers. You're a bad dog. You, uh, you, I mean, you, you weren't wrong about the shag carpet, hardwood floors thing, but that sounded oddly personal. Like maybe you have experienced it before. I have never owned a dog, but I have seen plenty of bad dogs in my time. <laughs> okay, let's go to the NBA. Raptors yeah. in Golden State tonight. Raptors are plus 188 underdogs. Warriors are minus 225. In the last six matchups between the Warriors and the Raptors, they've alternated wins. Does this make the Raptors a good underdog? In in general, the Raptors have not been good underdogs this season. They're 6-13 straight up when listed as an underdog. I'm going to give this one is a slight good dog, only because what we saw against Sacramento, what they did defensively, was fantastic. They were able just communicating and smothering the best offense in the NBA. Also, with Golden State, I don't trust this team this year. Um, you know, you, you look at them, they're, they're a 500 team. They've been slightly below 500 in the new year. I don't know how much they're going to get up for this game. They're coming off that a last-second win against the Grizzlies. So I think the Raptors can cover. I think they're a decent dog. All right, and let's take it to the ice with another Toronto team. The Maple Leafs host their Ontario rival, the Ottawa Senators, in the first game without Austin Matthews. will be out for three weeks with a knee sprain. And I just want to point out that out of the 19 losses the Leafs had, 10 of them came uh, against teams with losing records, and they sometimes yeah. do play down to the competition. So given all that's happening around the Leafs right now, are the, ha- are the Senators a good dog or bad dog? 
They, you know what? Normally, I would have said good dog, but I'm going to say bad dog. I think Matt Murray going up against his old team, he's going to be focused. Also, the Maple Leafs without Austin Matthews, I think everyone is going to be on their best behavior. They're not going to take Ottawa lightly now that uh, you know their best goal scorer is out. So, no, I'm going to say Ottawa, not a good dog. I also like the under. I don't. Uh, I go the opposite of Al's brother. On uh, good job by you guys. Very nice job, Adam. Nice job there, as well, Chris. That was good dog, bad dog. Coming up on the side, we get uh, more into the Toronto Maple Leafs. No Austin Matthews, but Matt Murray in net. Nick Alberga, host of Leafs Morning Take, joins the show next. This is gameplay on TSN 1050. You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners. TSN 1050 wants you to be our unofficial correspondent at the Waste Management Open in Arizona. We're going to give you a chance to win the grand prize, which is airfare for two to Scottsdale, Arizona. Four-night hotel stay for two. Two tickets to the Waste Management Open for the closing weekend. 500 bucks cash to spend. $500 Golf Town gift card. And a custom full bag fitting at Golf Town's Studio X. All you got to do is listen to First Up every weekday for the daily waste management keyword. Now, when you hear it, be sure to tune in to Overdrive that same day. When you hear the cue to call, you call us in studio at 416-870-1050. First caller through the correct keyword for that day wins a $100 Golf Town gift card and qualifies you for the grand prize draw. First up, Corona Kuliakovo will be calling our grand prize winner on Friday February 3rd, full contest details available at tsn1050.ca. And again, it said before, happy birthday to Carlo Koliakovo. He is 40 years old today. Uh, by the way, people missed it. Tampa now with 11 consecutive home wins. That ties the franchise record from 2019 and 20 as they beat Boston 3-2. Only like the sixth loss of the year for the Bruins. It's incredible what they're going through right now. And I got I got to tell you, you know, you watch that game and you get nervous. Like suddenly you get a little PTSD. You get a little bit nervous about the playoffs. And maybe that's fair or not fair. But you see these teams going at it. You see Victor Hedman, hot streak continues. He scored the go-ahead goal. He scored a couple goals in his return against Florida. You, you know, Hagel and Kucherov scored for Tampa. Vasilevsky making 37 saves. I, I think Marsha had scored a beauty. Like it, That was a great hockey game last night. And one of the fears, one of the things you, you know, you, you watch that game and you think to yourself, oh, no, what, you know, what is coming? And we all know what's coming. And eventually to slay the dragon, you got to be able and go out and beat those teams. It stinks the way the system is set up. But listen, we all know that it's something we've dealt with for ages. Also, last night, last night was a be careful going for the easy bet. It was a crazy night for the dogs. The Anaheim Ducks beat Colorado in Colorado 5-3. They were plus 310 on the money line. That means you bet 100, you won 310. The Chicago Blackhawks, they beat Calgary in Calgary. And they won that game 5-1. They were also around plus 310. So, you know, clearly uh, Anaheim and Chicago, maybe they saw some bad tape on Connor Bedard and they didn't like what they saw out there because that was... Um, you know, those were two shocking results. 
the big story is obviously Austin Matthews and the injury. And I, I think it is a testament to this team. It's a testament to the talent of this team that we're not freaking out more that the guy who won the heart, the guy who won 60 goals last year is out for three weeks. And it doesn't feel it doesn't feel at all like the sky is falling. Uh, Nick Alberga, who joins us from the host of Leafs Morning Take and uh, and uh, covers the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nick, th- first off, thank you so much for joining the show today. Matt, thanks so much for having me. I just wanted to piggyback off your comment about the cellar dwellers. Is it coincidence or not? Since Gary Bettman spoke on Tuesday, look at some <laughs> of the scores the last couple of days, eh? Yes, you're right. You know what? We all owe Gary Bettman an apology. <laughs> Tanking doesn't happen. Tanking has never happened. Shame on us for, for, for questioning it. You know what, Nick? That is a fantastic point by you. You know, I always think back to a couple of years ago. Uh, I have it on good accord. I won't mention my source, but the Maple Leafs were actively tanking. I mean, make no bones about it. And they got Austin Matthews, and that's where we start this conversation, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, P.A. Parento led the team that year with 20 goals. He led the team with 20 goals, but that 20 goals got the Leafs a guy who scored 60 goals. So, hey, it's it, it stinks that it's part of sports, but it is part of sports. So we have to deal with reality on reality's terms. Uh, and that is a, a decent segue. Not a great segue. It's a decent segue. Uh, just just your thoughts on the news that Austin Matthews is now uh, is now going to be out for three weeks. Uh, to me, I looked at it and go, oh, that's that's a bummer. You like to see him play because he's entertaining. But big picture, I don't know how much of an impact it has on the Leafs in the regular season. Yeah, well, firstly, a little disappointing. So I know Odog always likes to bring up the alumni suite. Uh, yours truly and Jay Rosso is my co-host on Leafs Morning Take. We're actually taking in tonight's game from the alumni suite at Scotiabank Arena. And I was looking Aww. forward to seeing Austin Matthews. And I love the timing, too. Like seven minutes before the uh, the morning skate, people first tweet. No Matthews on the ice, then the news drop on Twitter. It's just so funny in 2023. But, yeah, I think you're bang on, Matt. Uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this has no bearing at all. Uh, I'm sorry to tell everybody out there, it's Toronto and Tampa in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we still have like 35-some-odd games to play in this campaign. So I think the most important part here is to get Matthews right, to get him going going and get him cooking in time uh, for game one against Tampa. I think ultimately to add too, like there's a nine day stretch where they're not going to play a game between the all-star break and the bye week. Uh, so if you think it's three weeks and I know they put minimum in the release, but I think it's better they do that than not. Cause then you don't put expectations on the whole situation. He yeah. could miss like four or five games. So I'm not putting much stock into it. Um, uh, a knee strain is nothing to play with, but he'll be okay. And you look at it, it's Columbus twice, Chicago twice, Montreal, Ottawa tonight, you know, and, and yes, you'd love to see him when the Leafs are at home against Boston. And if he's, let's say they keep him out longer near, you know, at Buffalo or at home against Minnesota. But the, the number one thing for the Maple Leafs is stay one point ahead of Tampa so that game seven, which it will be game seven uh, between Toronto and Tampa, that game seven, Sheldon Keefe has last line change. I know you're a big betting guy every year for like five years now. And, you know, I used to do the Leafs radio um, for another network a couple of years back. I always used to bet on the Leafs, uh, you know, playing in a game seven. I always bet on the opponent winning said game seven. But that's a story for a different day. I think you're so bang on. But, you know, we often laugh about it. Um, did it have much bearing last year, right? A game seven at Scotiabank Arena. I think when you're playing a season team like Tampa, I think you're right. You rather the last change than not. We'll say that. And uh, the, the most winning I've ever done when it comes to betting was Toronto-Tampa. 
Before there the series go. begun, I said the series would go seven. I said Tampa would win in seven. And mm-hmm. every time the Leafs won a game, I bet Tampa in the next one. It was so predictable, and I wish I had been loud wrong. Um, the Leafs at the deadline. I mean, you know, we got the easiest, obvious. I, I, I want to know from you what your thoughts are on what's the easiest, obvious deal. What's the realistic deal that makes Leafs fans happy? And what's the dream deal that has a small chance of actually occurring? Yeah, so everybody wants to go for the jugular. I think the dream deal has to be Patrick Kane, uh, just more so because of his clutch factor. Like, this guy so, scored so many big goals, namely the cup winner against Philadelphia all those years ago. But, like, he has that pedigree to, to not only score that big goal, but to put a team over the top. I do think it's a pipe dream. I think ultimately it could come down to the New York Rangers. I wouldn't discount the Dallas Stars in that conversation, among others. But those are the top two teams, at least in my indication, as to who can have the best shot potentially here at Patrick Kane. If he's made available, I think the best direction is like an Arteri Lekkonen type. Um, you know, you always like to draw comparisons and similarities to recent teams who won. You look last year with Colorado. They made some pretty nice adjustments at the deadline that doesn't get much play. And, and one of them was like a Swiss Army knife in Arteri Lekkonen because you look now, he's a top six fixture on that team. But last year, he was a middle six guy. So I think in a perfect world, um, they would love to address the back end, add some depth up front. I, I think certainly they have to be looking everywhere, you know, whether it's a Kavrikov in Columbus or – you know, uh, Jake McCabe with Chicago. I think up front, Frankie Vitrano makes a lot of sense. Uh, Adam Henrique, I think, is a, another polarizing name to me. I know he's still got a year and a half left in his deal and gets paid a good chunk of money, but he's a gamer. He's the type of guy I'd want in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Another name I would throw out there is Ivan Barbashev. Like that type of player who can be elevated and probably be an upgrade on a Cali Yarncroke, but also play like on your third line. Because you know, that's always my major takeaway. I don't know about you. It hasn't been so much, uh, you know, the goaltending or the defense. It's been, no. it's been able to score that big-time goal when it matters. And sometimes, as we saw last year with Colorado, I know their big boys were awesome, but you need those goals from, like, your Nick Pauls or your Brandon Hagels, if that makes sense, from Tampa. Oh, 100%. Uh, if you look at the last three, four years, go back to when they lost to Columbus, when they lost to Montreal, uh, yeah. it, it, and it, they don't score goals in game sixes and sevens. That's been the problem with the Maple Leafs. It hasn't been grit. It hasn't been defense. It hasn't even mm-hmm. been Jack Campbell. Whoever's a net, it's about scoring. And and what I like about that is that, Nick, is that really you want the home run. That'd be nice. Yeah. But really it's about can you find a player that is 15% better offensively than Yarn Kroc? If you mm-hmm. can find that guy, that's, you know, that is going to be an upgrade. Um, actually, you know what? Let's go back to Matthews again. And not about Austin Matthews. I'm going to give you an option. What for you is the most interesting storyline now that Austin Matthews is out? And I always like to give options because I try to be a good, uh, a good yeah. host. Is it, the, is it the fact that Tavares will get game number 999 and game 1,000 as the number one center? Is it <laughs> Nylander now going, possibly going to the All-Star game? Or is it uh, we get to see what Pontus Holmberg looks like on as the center for the number two line? Of those three options, which one sort of tickles your fancy? I'll go option three just because I don't know about you. Like, I've covered this team religiously for a variety of years. Like, Pontus Holmberg really wasn't on my radar. And, like, how often have we seen a homegrown prospect, if you will, come up and actually flourish at the at the NHL level? It's few and far between, right? You, you look at some of the names. Yep. In the, in the past, like even a Nick Robertson's really, really struggled to, to make it at the NHL level. 
And then you have Holmberg come out of nowhere. And I put this in my piece the other day on, on the LeafsNation.com. For some reason, he reminds me a lot of Sammy Paulson. I don't know if you remember that name back in the day with the Anaheim Ducks. Like, just really, really responsible defensively, but can, you know, chip in from time to time offensively. I thought that was a beauty the other night going backhand on one of the best goaltenders on the planet, Igor Shosturkin. So, I like the oh, fact yeah. that they're rewarding him. And I, I do think, you know, there's a sense of reliability there, too, with, with Sheldon Keith. Number one, he knows the guy fairly well. And number two, to, to, to hold him in high regard the way he has in like 30-some-odd games in the NHL, I think it's really, really impressive. And how quickly he's gotten into the good graces of the coaching staff, I think it shows you right now. Then I understand you wonder who else is an option, but there's a guy named Alex Kerfoot who's going to stay on the fourth line because they believe so much in what Pontus Holberg has put together. So uh, that'll be the storyline I'm monitoring the most, uh, most is uh, – you know, who picks up the slack, but, but Holmberg's been a great story. Like to me and maybe not others, he's come out of nowhere this year. Oh yeah. And uh, that goal that he scored, he came out of nowhere. He was faster yeah. than, uh, than I expected him to be. And Nick, as we end this, thank you so much for joining the show. Where can people find you? People want to listen to you. People want to read what you're writing. Where do people go to get all things, uh, to get all your work? So firstly, at the Gold Muzzy on social media is where you can find me. have daily hot takes, as we all know. Um, I co-host the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. So if you're into fantasy hockey, it's a, an easy find, the top fantasy hockey podcast you can find out there with myself and Pete Jensen. And as you mentioned, Leafs Morning Take with yours truly and my co-host Jay Rosal, as we all remember from his days uh, in the Brian Burke era with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's hilarious. He's really, really coming out of his shell. And you can catch our show on the Nation Network and also the Leafs Nation 401. The Leafs Nation 401, we're going to start migrating over to our very own YouTube page, so make sure you check that out. Nick, fantastic. Thanks so much for joining the show today. My pleasure. We'll talk soon. Take care. Yeah, enjoy enjoy the alumni box. Get all the free food you can. <laughs> Cannot wait for that penny pesto. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hopefully there's a decent white to pair with it. Uh, that was Nick Alberga. Check him out on Twitter at the Golden Muzzy. All right, on the other side, Kevin Scott from SportsInformationTraders.com. We're going to look at the NFC Championship game in just a moment. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cos. Gameplay on TSN 1050 is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel app. Um, last night was not just about what we saw in hockey between Boston losing 3-2 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. On the NBA side, um, R.J. Barrett, did not have a great night for the Knicks. He shot 6 of 18, except for he hit the three-pointer with the Knicks down 115-113 um, with 30, just under 30 seconds to go in overtime. Then he was the one who got the rebound off the second missed free throw by Jalen Brown. Brown missed both free throws in a game, you know, that uh, – uh, that it would have, they could have won. Like the Celtics could have won that game, but Jalen Brown missed two critical free throws down the stretch. Knicks were up just 118, 117, 5.7 seconds left. Brown misses both of them. RJ Barrett gets the rebound. Knicks hit a couple more free throws. They win that game, winning over Boston, 120, 117 in overtime. And it felt like the Knicks were going to blow this game. They were up 
They were up by 12 with six minutes to go, up by 12 with under five minutes to go, and the Celtics' talent was able to overwhelm, send it to overtime, but then Brown missed it. And remember talking earlier about how the Ducks and the Blackhawks, both those teams won. They beat Colorado. They beat Calgary. Well, think about this. Be careful about in-game betting. Dallas-Phoenix. First couple minutes, Luka Doncic exits the game with uh, spraining his left ankle. Now, x-rays were negative, but they weren't going to bring Doncic back in the game. So at this point, like, oh, okay, at the very least, I'll just, I'll bet Phoenix on the money line. I'll have to give up some juice on it, but but whatever. No Luka Doncic. Dallas is not winning. Game's in Phoenix. Dallas wins 99-95. Why? Spencer Dimwitty. Spencer Dimwitty put up 36 points last night. So a, a nice character-building win for the Mavericks. And when you look at Dallas, that's a team that's going to have to be busy at the deadline. The challenge with the Dallas Mavericks, much like all those years when Cleveland tried to win a title with LeBron James, is you get nervous and you want to do whatever you can to surround this incredibly talented player with as much talent as possible. Oh, let's bring in this veteran. Let's bring in this guy. Then you start trading all your draft capital. Then you start trading younger players to get guys that are more ready now. And I get I get why you're doing it. You want to keep Luka happy? And you want to do some serious winning with Luka Doncic. So sometimes you'll rush. You'll get desperate. You'll make a deal that maybe you don't want to make. Then what happens? Then you end up having nothing. And if you remember, LeBron, his second best player was often like the El Gelstris and Dan, and Booby Gibson and just... You know, just a long list of not very good players. So that is going to be one of the keys for the Dallas Mavericks. How do you get better without mortgaging everything? Spencer Dinwiddie's a nice player, but Spencer Dinwiddie should not be. If he's your second best player, you're not winning. Not even with Luka in the lineup. As for the oh, the All-Star game was named yesterday. LeBron and Giannis were the captains. And uh, LeBron James ties Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most all-star game appearances with 19. And at the age of 38, LeBron is putting up 30, uh, almost nine rebounds and seven assists a game. Giannis, 31, 12, and five. And the only issue, and like, you know, I don't really care about like the all-star team. Like it's Durant, it's Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. I kind of wish it wasn't Kyrie Irving, but we're kind of all over that conversation. But Zion Williamson being named a forward for the Western team. He's been out since January 2nd. He's missed, like, I think at least nearly half, if not half, of the Pelicans' games. I think there needs to be a rule. If you miss a certain amount of games, you're not voting. Don't go to the All-Star game. Now, maybe that's just dummy, old, sort of conservative sports take by me. Because I understand the All-Star game, it's for young people, it's for sponsors, and it's, it's not supposed to matter. But... Whenever you look back at a guy's career, whenever you're doing, does this individual belong in the Hall of Fame? First thing you mention is, do they win titles? How many? What do you mention after that? Usually it's all-star appearances, Pro Bowls, things like that. To say it means nothing is is ridiculous. So I, I just, I don't know if, if I would have Zion Williamson in it. Joining me now from SportsInformationTraders.com. Again, that website is SportsInformationTraders.com. The phone number is 
441-2711. It is Kevin Scott. And Kevin, before we get to the game that you're going to be reviewing, the sports books are telling us we should have two great games this weekend. No one's even favored by a field goal. Not only are they two great games, I love both these games. And every single one of your listeners that's listening right now, I am going to give them a two-team parlay on Championship Sunday absolutely free. It's simple, guys. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 866-441-2711 or go to sportsinformationtraders.com, put your name and number, and one of my traders will call you back. You're going to get a two-team parlay absolutely free. A $500 better could pick up $1,300. A $1,000 better could pick up $2,600. Just give me a call, 866-441-2711. Two-team parlay, absolutely free. I want to earn your business, people. Nice. And Okay, so my parlay, and I know we're going to review uh, 49ers at Eagles, and uh, my parlay is I got the Bengals and I got Philly. I think Philly wins. I think Philly covers. I could see the Eagles blowing out the 49ers. I know that might sound crazy. Uh, Kevin, uh, your thoughts. Crazy take, proper take, somewhere in between. How say you, sir? Well, first of all, I'm going to give out a total in one of these games to your listeners for free. But let's go over oh. both these games real quick and simple. Yeah. When we everyone saw Patrick Mahomes get hurt, they opened up this line at Kansas City. Uh, minus the two. As soon as they saw the video and he got hurt, they went to Cincinnati Bengals minus one, one and a half. Then yesterday they came out with that video that everything was fine. He was doing his exercises. And now the line has moved back to Kansas City minus one and a half. As far as the Eagles game, it opened up at three and a half. It's now dropped down to two and a half. In my opinion, there's only one thing to play that I like in this game, and that's yeah. the under 46-and-a-half, guys, because if you look at both these teams, they play defense. Eagles have given up only 12 points in their last two games combined. I should say average of 12 points in two games. San Francisco, which everyone says they probably have the best defense in football, has only given up an average of 17 points. The total's 46-and-a-half. If you do the average, that's only 29 points. But more important, I think this is going to be a game coming right down to the wire. Anyone can win that San Francisco 49er game. I believe it's going to be a field goal game, in my opinion. And you like the under between the 49ers and the Eagles. Again, it is Kevin Scott, sportsinformationtraders.com, 886-441-2711 is the phone number. And Kevin is offering a, is offering his championship parlay uh, if you call in or if you go to the website, sportsinformationtraders.com. Kevin, at, 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 and uh, for like twenty nine ninety nine, you get your top play this weekend as well? Nope, I'm not even selling anything to anyone. I'm oh. giving them the parlay for free. I don't want anybody's money. I want right. to earn their business. I want to give them an opportunity to make as much money as they can this weekend. I got my two-team parlay. It's for free. All they have to do is dial 866-441-2711 or go to my website, sportsinformationtraders.com. Opt in, put your name and number, and one of my traders will call you back and give you a free two-team parlay. This is a chance, folks, to make as much money as you want. You're getting my elite two plays on Sunday. Love it, Kevin. And we only had a brief cameo from one of your dogs. We'll have to hear more from them uh, sometime uh, between now and the Super Bowl. They were barking out the two-team parlay. 
<laughs> Wait, is it, uh, I was going to make a joke about it. So they take it the underdog, but I'm not going to make that joke because I have too much self-respect for myself. Kevin, appreciate. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks, guys. I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Love it. That is Kevin Scott from SportsInformationTraders.com. Uh, Josh Ingles is going to join us on the other side. We'll do some NFL props. We'll do some vested futures. And with no Austin Matthews, how much does that impact when it comes to betting on the Maple Leafs? We'll do that next. I'm Matthew Cause. You're listening to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050. This hour of Gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.